Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of polyarteritis nodosa, found under the rheumatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 52-year-old man presents to the emergency department with abdominal pain and rectal bleeding. His symptoms are associated with malaise, fever, and weight loss. He does not have a family history of malignancy, and his last colonoscopy was unremarkable. His blood pressure is 155 over 98, whereas his blood pressure is usually 125 over 74. On physical exam, he has abdominal tenderness, levito reticularis, and cutaneous ulcers. Laboratory testing is notable for a newly elevated creatinine of 2.6. Erythrocyte sedimentation rate and C-reactive protein are also elevated. He is also seropositive for hepatitis B virus, ANCA negative, and guaiac positive. Let's continue with an introduction to polyarteritis nodosa. Clinically, this is defined as a medium vessel systemic necrotizing vasculitis that is not associated with ANCA antibodies. In terms of the epidemiology, the average age of onset is between 50 to 70 years of age. Risk factors include hepatitis B virus. In terms of the etiology, most commonly it is idiopathic. Secondary polyarteritis nodosa can result from hepatitis B infection, hepatitis C infection, and hairy cell leukemia. In terms of the pathogenesis, there is a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction leading to artery occlusion or rupture, which can result in organ ischemia and hemorrhage. Moving on to the presentation, systemic symptoms include fever, weight loss, and malaise. Neurologic presentation includes mononeuritis multiplex, polyneuropathy, stroke, and confusion. Musculoskeletal presentation includes articular pain and extremity pain. Skin exam may demonstrate ulcers, levito reticularis, and purpura. Renal findings may include findings of glomerulonephritis and hematuria. There may be new onset hypertension. Pulmonary disease typically spares the lungs, though it may involve the bronchial arteries, and gastrointestinal exam may demonstrate abdominal pain and rectal bleeding. In terms of further imaging, angiography is considered in patients suspected of having polyarteritis nodosa in the setting of being unable to obtain histologic diagnosis. Findings include arterial microaneurysms, which may be saccular or fusiform, with stenotic lesions typically affecting arterial branches of the kidney, mesentery, and liver. In terms of further studies, labs may demonstrate elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate, elevated C-reactive protein, and patients may be positive for hepatitis B virus, which occurs in about 30% of patients, as well as hepatitis C virus, parvovirus B19, and HIV. Biopsy may help to confirm the diagnosis, but one must biopsy the clinically affected organ. Remember that this demonstrates medium vessel vasculitis. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about granulomatosis with polyangiitis, with differentiating factors being that this will present with ANCA-positive vasculitis, it affects the upper and lower respiratory tracts and kidneys, and it affects the small vessels. Also think about microscopic polyangiitis with differentiating factors being that this also presents with an ANCA-positive vasculitis. It is similar to granulomatosis with polyangiitis without nasopharyngeal involvement, and it also affects the small vessels. With regards to treatment, 
Medical options include high-dose corticosteroids with cyclophosphamide. This is indicated in patients with moderate to severe disease. Complications related to polyarthritis nodosa include thrombosis, hemorrhage, and ulcers. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, in untreated cases, it is associated with a poor prognosis. Hepatitis B-associated disease also has a worse prognosis. That's all for this review about polyarthritis nodosa. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.